You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Maddie. I'm Scout, and we just had a great fucking interview. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was a fucking good episode. I feel educated. I feel one degree smarter. I don't know if I was disrespectful, but I think I was good. What do you mean? You were not disrespectful. So let's just give some context. We had the founders, Natasha and Dina, of Boys Club, which is a DAO that the audience and community is female and women-focused, making sure that women feel like they can enter the Web3 space and... Um, feel educated and supported in that way. And we've talked a little bit about Web3 on on the pod. I feel a lot more comfortable talking about it than Scout does, which is why she thought that she was disrespectful for asking all the dumb questions. <laughs> but honestly, it's good that you did that because definitely every, most people listening will need those clarifications and those definitions because it is a very new space. It's, you know, it's very tricky to navigate so it's a whole new language it's a whole new infrastructure it's a whole new world 
and it was fantastic. They're rad as fuck. I mean, we don't really like have anyone else on that's not rad on OKSIS. So, um, but I have been a, an admirer of theirs for a long time as I'm a, I'm a Twitter, I'm a tweet, I'm a Twitter girl now. I'm going to get you a sweatshirt that says, I have to come up with a nice, I have to come up with like a funny I'm a Twitter girl. phrase, but you're not like a willing Twitter girl. You know what I mean? You're like begrudgingly a Twitter I, girl. I'm a, I'm a reluctant tweeter. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a pissed off Twitter girl. I hate. You're like Twitter. a social anxiety <laughs> Twitter girl. You're like, can I go home now? Twitter girl. Yeah. I, I, I sign on to the tweets and I say, the the anxiety starts to brew a little bit, but yeah. boys club is a safe space on the Twitter. I will say, because since I'm very plugged in, if you will, to the tech Twitter scene, that kind of goes hand in hand with the, with the web three Twitter scene. So it's a, it's an interesting space over there, but boys club definitely it brings some, some lightness and some, some more of my language, how I like to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, this, episode opened my eyes, started to open my eyes and pique my interest into a whole new world. There was a lot of it that I have to kind of, we just got off the interview. Like I have to kind of digest because there's so much information and it was a little bit mind boggling to wrap your head around new systems of business and new systems of community. But right. I would say that this, this episode was definitely more education rather than like tangible things you could do to enter web three. I think we could do a separate, like a part two. You could definitely join. Well, I told them we got to do a part two with them. Yeah. You could definitely join like boys club in the discord and, and get involved that way. But even just like from an educational perspective, I think it was a really, really good conversation. I'm going to throw something out there. Should we make an okay sis DAO? No, there's a couple things. I, I mean, listen, I got to I got to I got to research a little bit more about DAOs. What I'm trying to say, though, if we made an OKSIS DAO, basically we would we could tokenize the pod and get like loyal members, and we it could be a uh, we'll 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 uh, we'll table this. We'll we'll talk offline. The only thing that doesn't feel great to me about the DAO, and again, I could be totally fucking this up. So I'm sorry if this is the wrong information because I just got introduced to what a DAO is. Buying into it, not buying into it is oh. actually the free labor part of the DAO. That doesn't mm-hmm. that part. I was really confused that that's actually a part of a, the infrastructure of a new business. And I'd actually love to talk to them a little bit more about that because that didn't feel, because they were saying how a DAO you guys will hear is really great to bring incentive to people and make them feel like they have a say and belong, but that it's really easy to get out of. And I was like, is that loyalty there if, if it's free labor and they can get out of it really quickly? So I think time will tell whether that's a better, do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think they're also figuring out the structure. Like I think I've heard of DAOs that you, yeah, you pay, you pay to get it. Like it feels very, it's interesting. There's, there's definitely still, there has to be some barrier because that's the point is like, you need to show that you are loyal to this community and you believe in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's this like sense of like deep seated loyalty, whether that's financial or time wise, like resource wise. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's still so much to learn. I think they're definitely pioneering the space. And uh, especially when it comes to women, I just love the mission and helping women feel so much more comfortable in web three. And I really, really, I'm so glad that they started this because 
if they didn't, like women again would be left behind because white men are just, you know, taking charge as as usual and it's not, you know, not great. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to get on Discord. I'm going to join Voice Club. There's a lot going on in my mind. Are you going to go get yourself a a wallet? Mm, You said it was $300, so not today. Not today. (laughs) Not today. Not today. Yeah, I I got the wallet and then it told me to pay $300 to buy (laughs) 0.01 ETH. And I was like, you know, I'm going (laughs) to just going to. I'm going to put a pause just for now. Yeah. And we'll see. I definitely want to dive, though, into more of this Web3 idea more. Mm-hmm. Just the, just the informational mm-hmm. part. So, sisters, you're going to love this episode. It is highly informational. I was, like, so focused and my mind was going a million different directions. So, without further ado, the ladies of Boys Club. Hi. Hi. Oh. We're all matching. Holy shit. I know. Look at these neutrals. We're neutral queens. I need to get my microphone. Just give me one second. No problem. Wow. You guys have like mics, like stage mics. Yeah. Natasha, we are professional podcasters. I don't know if you know, (laughs) but we've been doing this for four years. So honestly, I feel like you guys are like, it's more like performers with, with the holding of the mic. You know? Yeah. So I was actually going to say, I think that people who are professional podcasters don't hold their microphones, but we just, we like <laughs> got stands at one point. We got stands and we felt restrictive. Yeah. We felt like we were contained, you know? Well, when you hold a mic, you're right. There's like a star power moment where you're like, I'm fucking commanding <laughs> this room. There's a Hannah Montana <laughs> totally. effect. It's a personal preference. It's a personal preference. I get that. I get that. I do feel like there's a safety blanket. There's a safety blanket with it. That's nice. I'm a different person if I'm holding a mic than if there is no mic in my hand. You know what I mean? It signals to the body to turn it on, to turn the podcasting magic on. (laughs) We're ready. We're ready. Um, I mean, you guys are podcasters now, though. We're podcasters. How do you feel as that title? Like an imposter. (laughs) Still growing into it. Yeah. Still got to figure it out. I mean, Dina made a joke one time that we are, we're like LARPing as podcast hosts, which <laughs> feels like very accurate for me. You guys have podcast voices, oh, though, I will say. Yeah. I have partaken in the Boys Club pod, and you guys are soothing. Mm. You guys are NPR oh, vibes, NPR. but then with like a silly, but with like a silliness kick, like sprinkled in there, you know? Thank you. Oh, I love well, that. What I a compliment. We're like NPR with Botox, you know? Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Can confirm. I co-sign that. You can say that I quoted that and put that on like a testimonial. Perfect. All right. So let's, let's, um, you know, I am well-versed in the web three oh, space. Oh, great. Okay. I'd like, I like to say that that's, I mean, that's completely a lie, but I think I am, I know more than the average person. Great, Let's say that. Great. Okay. And I, and I, I feel like I'm a little plugged into the community. I get what's going on. Scout here is a complete ignorant person. Okay. So, okay. 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 Oh, okay. In this space, in this space, I wouldn't say complete ignorant. Okay. You've talked to me about it and I see women buying avatars online. There you go. That's that's the long and short of it. (laughs) You've figured it completely out. What? Is that my right? You're right. You're completely right. Totally right. You're pretty far in. People are buying, people are buying art, images, 
they're being sims on the internet, but they're actually using their money to pay for these things. Yeah. And Web3 is a different- Scout, what are they called? What are the images called? Well, I think this it's an a- NFT. Nice, model. Okay, we can just close the podcast. Scout knows. But I just don't get it. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't get, what I don't get is the create. So I was like, we got to open this podcast because there's a, a lot of the sisters aren't going to know specifically what Web3 is. So I feel like we have to start there. I don't specifically, I understand the digitization of assets and art and all of that, and you're paying for it that way. What I don't understand is how Web3 is impacting digital communities and content creators and just like how we use the internet in general. That's what's confusing me a little bit. So I'd love to start there. Great. Wow. Yeah. It's a loaded question. (laughs) Honestly, a hard hitting question. I'm like, um, okay. (laughs) Explain Web3 to us. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Okay. So uh, love this question. I think a useful way to think about it is in starting in like why we're calling it Web3. All right. So Web1, you can think of this as like, this is your like uh, AOL dial up. It was basically like, it's the read only internet. It's sort of one way, right? It's broadcast out. Like you could go onto AOL.com and like read an article. Basically that was like the long yeah. and short of it. It's like the yellow pages. It's, there's no, exactly. commu- there's no like communication. Pre-chat. Read only. I'm just going on. I'm looking at yeah. some. In- it's a billboard. It's a billboard. It's a billboard. And then web two is what they call read write. So this is when it became very social, right? And we got chat rooms and then we got social media and we got all these other things that started to emerge around this sort of social web and the social networks that emerged. And one thing that was really amazing about Web2 is that it made the scale and the reach of what the internet sort of boomed into is like, was astronomical, right? And things like Google and Facebook and Twitter, like Jack Dorsey's are God, right? In this world that we were living in with Web2, we're like incredible. Now we have scale and now we have reach and now we're connected with someone who's halfway across the world. But at the same time, we like in that convenience, we've lost a lot of autonomy as an individual. And so what Web3 is proposing is basically going from read to read write to- One thing I wanna add to Web2, own. Go ahead. Right at the right as I was landing the point, Just, Natasha. Right at the punchline. <laughs> we had momentum going. It was like a train. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. There's right just there. a real yeah. component before you get to why Web three. Let's is, roll. Let's hear it. Is like that Web two. You don't own any of it. You've given all of your data, all of the things about you to Mark Zuckerberg. And all of the data that is extremely powerful, you have no insight connection to somebody else owns it about you. And that's the main issue. There's the juice. Yeah, there's, there's the, juice. the juice. Totally. And so Web3. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> Web1. Read, read, I, I've lost it. I've totally lost it. Web3 is read, write. Web3 is read, write, own. Okay. Right own yes so the, the sort of promise is that there's a new economy that's made possible by a bunch of different enabling technologies that are all sort of converging at once including crypto including like whatever blockchain protocol all these different things like it's a moment where now we can have like true ownership of digital assets and digital things on this internet. And so that means that just like unlocks a whole new world of like what's possible online. So I don't know, that's like sort of a little bit heady, but maybe gives you like a lay of the land. 
But what's going to happen to Instagram? Because I feel like Instagram has such a monopoly and new platforms show up all the time, TikTok, whatever. But it's like we can't get rid of Instagram. It's like in our fucking DNA at this point. You know, how does Instagram move into Web3? I don't think it does. I mean, that's my hot take. I mean, I think my perspective is like, there's some people who are like purists about web three where they're like, this is going to eat the world. This is going to take over everything. And like, I do think it's the next phase of the internet. I don't think that means the previous phase of the, we still read stuff on the internet. We still engage in like a web one version of the internet. We just have a chat room at the bottom or like aspects of our experience online that has developed into this new phases of what the internet can become. So I'm not someone who's like, Instagram's going away and it's going to become web three. The entire business model of Facebook would need to change in order to do that. They would never distribute ownership in a way that a web three company will. And so my perspective is the new economy that's being built in Web3, the new perspective of ownership and sort of like collective distribution of ownership on the internet will be the next phase of how we engage online, but it won't delete everything else. It won't replace it. Yeah. It won't completely replace it. It's going to be a long time coming. That's what I think people need to understand. And sorry, Scout, ask your question because I have something as a follow-up. I know. I was going to say, well, I'm going to say one more thing and then I'm going to shut up because I know Maddie actually has really great questions to ask and I'm just trying to find my way through the cave. So that, <laughs> what you just said there, that makes sense to me that it's not like web one and web two are going away. It's just that there's a new layer of the internet that is available for those who want to partake. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm just going to say, I think like the the personal brand coaches and Instagram people who are like, start a newsletter because you own your newsletter. We're like the first kind of people talking about Web3, like, you know, 10 years ago. It's not different than that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally. It's not dissimilar. I think that there's an argument that I think it would be really hard for Instagram or, yeah, for Facebook to to reimagine how it works and to, like, to pivot full Web3 Mm -hmm. because of a lot of different reasons. But I do think that like, if you were to talk to the web three purists in the room, they would say like, as soon as consumers or individuals have like a taste for what it means to truly own their content and to truly own their data, maybe like less on the data side, cause that, that gets sort of into some privacy stuff, which I don't know that like people are very motivated by, but certainly when it comes to content and ownership, like once people have that taste, it's going to be really, really hard for them to, to, go onto a platform like Instagram and say, uh, yeah, sure. Let me just give this all to you to monetize. And I mean, you guys are creators. I'm sure that you, you have a sense for that as well. So I think that like, that's like directionally, I think where we're headed. And I think that like, it won't be Instagram. It will be a web three native version of a social network that I don't know, but we are not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. No okay. Way. Let's, let's talk about DAOs. DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations, which is what boys club is. And I have some concerns about the DAOs um, that I would yeah, like me to, too. yeah, that, <laughs> that I would like to lay out here. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. 
You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. A lot of the brand messaging, it seems, around Web3 is community, ownership decentralization. We're all, you know, we all vote on things. We're all part of these companies and part of these communities. And I love that. I really, really do love the it in theory. What I don't understand is like, we're all so busy already. So it's like, there is a reason why traditional 
organizations have board of directors and have CEOs that run these companies because they make decisions and then we kind of, you know, but I understand the, in theory, everyone gets to vote on something that as it pertains to the business. What I don't understand is like, if I'm involved in, in like 50 DAOs, am I going to be on a board of directors for 50 different communities that I feel? No. So yeah, that is, that's like a kibbutz vibe. This is like socialism versus capitalism kind of thing. It's kibbutz vibes uh, a it's lot. Kibbutz vibes. It's kibbutz vibes. We're really, we're translating all everything to scout. This is great. It's kibbutz vibes. Web three, kibbutz vibes. Dow's kibbutz vibes. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about the Dow structure and how that will evolve. And because I don't see myself in being involved in like 50 different Dow's, right? Yeah. I mean, I am not a Dow purist by any stretch of the imagination. So let's just zoom out. Dow's Decentralized Autonomous Organization, you got it. Another way of saying it, it's a group chat with a shared bank account. Imagine if one of your group chats raised money, they decided they have a mission and goal, and then you guys start to decide how to spend that money in order to reach that mission and goal. Another way that you could think about it is it's another type of corporation, LLC, some type of entity that is doing a thing together. So what DAOs are and what they can be is literally endless. When you look at how companies are organized today, there are all sorts of things and they show up in the world in all sorts of different ways. So what's exciting to me about this space is we, as people who are in the forefront of what's happening in this space, are making decisions around what, how DAOs will form the best practices that will emerge within the space. So. That's why I'm excited about working in Web3. That's why I'm excited about building a DAO because I do think I'm a believer and I'm bullish that like in 15 years, DAOs will be sort of on the menu of the different ways that you can incorporate and you can organize as a business. And it's a much more, in my opinion, a much more incentive aligned way of working with other people and having customers and community than a traditional incorporation. How people coordinate, how people make decisions, how they spend money together is so inefficient in a DAO. It's more inefficient than anything I've ever done in my entire life. That's what I was going to say. Isn't there way too many chefs in the kitchen? Oh, there's a, so many cooks in the kitchen. Because I, I want to be the only chef in the kitchen. Me too. So this is not, this is not <laughs> working for me, but I... So does Natasha. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So like, how does that work? That's like so um, many opinions. Yeah. So I... Oh man, you guys, you really opened up a can of worms with these questions. I'm like, I hope we got three hours. I needed you guys on here because I was like, I need to prop. We're we're like, yeah, we're really pragmatic about what this is. Okay. So yes, I'm like, I believe that businesses are successful because someone has a vision and then they're able to execute on that vision by delegating very specific tasks to get to a goal. And a DAO is basically everybody has an idea and everybody gets to work on that idea. And then everybody gets to decide if that idea is working. And I was like, man, this is really hard. But what I have seen is there's an unbelievable flywheel effect that happens when people feel incentivized and feel ownership over the thing that they're working on. And you cannot replace that. Like people don't give a shit about their jobs because they don't feel that way about their work. They're like, whatever, this fucking sucks. I don't care. I'm out. That's why people, that's why you give op, you gave stock to employees so that they like feel more. Exactly. exactly. Can you be like a hybrid? Can you be, how do you say We're it? We're finding out. Dow. <laughs> yeah, we are finding out. Dow? 
Yeah. You know, can you like have the traditional business owner and then there's aspects of your business that are, you know, like the community world and and what your customers are saying, you know, like there's part of it that the whole team gets to play in. And then there's very more specific subsets where the owner gets to make that more executive decision on things. Yes. Ask us in six months. It may or may not be legal, but we're going to do our best (laughs) to figure it out. I will say just on the stock piece, because I think that that's a really important point. And I actually think that that's where, why and where DAOs are interesting is that the DAO model and the DAO structure allows people, what's actually compelling about a DAO is it allows people to come in and out really easily and still get those same benefits as you like, or similar benefit that you would with like a stock grant. I mean, it's not one-to-one, it's not an exact proxy, but like, it's basically what that stock grant gives you is skin in the game. And the idea is that in a DAO, you can get skin in the game as well, but you're just able to come in and out a lot easier because it's like enabled by smart contracts. There's on-chain credentials around the work that you've done. And so there's just like, there's a, the, the foundational technology is there that makes it a lot easier. And when it's, 10x easier than starting a company or creating a startup and giving out stock options to people. Interesting things come out of that, mm-hmm. like 10x improvement. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen with Boys Club. Both Natasha and I, previous to starting Boys Club, we had failed startups, basically. And part of that startup journey for us was both of us individually, like trying to recruit talent and trying to recruit people to come and work on our vision, on our singular vision that we had for the thing that we were trying to put out into the world. And recruiting talent, even when you're paying, like, you know, we raise money, we had money to pay people and equity to give them. It was really hard. It was really, really hard to get people to like join and to do the thing and to to show up and do great work. And I think the benefit that we've seen in organizing Boys Club as a DAO is that there's like 40 contributors who are like, yeah, let's roll. Let's do this. Like, let's figure it out together. And that's like, just sort of speaking to that, like intrinsic motivation that you can get when incentives are aligned. That is just really, really powerful. And I think like worth the inefficiency, the deep inefficiency that you get in like this sort of communal approach to decision-making. So it's like stock plus you have an input. So you're not just grinding because in like 10 years, you're going to get an equity based off of, and you're like, you know, putting your faith in the ringleader that you're going to get there. You have a say. I just need to say, this is not financial advice. And if the SEC is listening, you are not listening. You're not listening to this. Yeah. You are not legally allowed to talk about token in a DAO as equity. It is. Okay. That's the securities. Sorry. Yeah. So it is a, a governance token. Governance. That is what it represents. <laughs> Community governance. But for someone who, who to, for someone to understand, like it's a similar concept. It's a similar concept. It's a similar concept. And the idea is then you have a public token, like the roadmap for Boys Club is that eventually we will have a public token that will be able to be traded for different prices and we'll have some liquidity. So the main difference between, I mean, there's many differences, but, and very legal ramifications. But like, let's just say that you had a token and that token was a boys club and represented governance within boys club. And it was a public token that could be traded for other ETH cash, things like that. That is very liquid in a way that stock options are not. You have an S1. If you're going public, it's locked in. There's all of this red tape, it's incredibly difficult and very, so much legal paperwork to give an employee or an early founder equity in a business. And the idea is that with governance tokens, it's a lot easier to distribute that and becomes a lot more liquid, a lot more faster. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to stick around forever and hope that the ringleader does you well at the end and the deal comes through at the end. If you want to leave in three years, there's benefits that you can pull out in the moment. Right. Okay. Quick, quick question. So the 40 contributors that you were mentioning for Boys Club, are those people you recruited or did they have to apply or did that? So where did you, because I know that Boys Club is much bigger than 40 people. Yeah, 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 totally. So the community is a couple thousand people, right? Our audience is much bigger than that. So that's like audience, there's the unbounded audience, then there's the community, which is about 2000. And then there's the DAO, which is roughly 40. And our DAO is a contribution gated DAO. So some DAOs, you have to have a certain token, Um, you have to like have paid a certain fee, like there's ways that you can sort of gate how you are in and out of the DAO. For us, it's contribution. And so we have kept, and we did that very intentionally. We wanted to start the DAO as like very small because all sorts of things can come up as you're, you basically have to like form a government, right? You have to like set up a voting system, set up a proposal system. Like there's a lot of like plumbing that goes into starting a DAO. And so we're like, man, we don't want to roll out that plumbing to 2000 people. We want to roll it out to like something that where we can like test it out first. I'm so glad we did that because it has saved our ass like in a major way because we've, we're learning a lot as we're going through sort of our first season as a DAO. But yeah, so the 40 or, or so people who are in the DAO currently are contributors and yeah, they had to apply. They had to, they had to apply and they're like, this is my skill set. This is what I want to do. And basically our DAO is set up into, I think, six or seven working groups that are like guild. We call them guilds that are like one is the content guild. One is the product guild. One is like the DAO operations guild. So there's like a, a number of different guilds that all focus on different things and people yeah, apply to come and and work on the DAO. So it's more it's more volunteer based, but they get a token that they can redeem later. Are these people employees? They're not employees. They're not employees. So it's like sweat equity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can think of it like that. But it's not exactly equity because it's yeah. Not... We can't say that. We can't say these words. Sorry, I know, but I'm just. I, I understand. I I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying for for people who don't understand. I'm trying to. I'm trying to give the equivalent of the old model so that I can understand that. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. I totally get that. Yeah. Okay. What is Boys Club other than a Discord? What is it? What's a Discord? <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, I love you. I know. Scout is like a little naive baby. Discord is basically Slack for Web3. I joined a DAO and it was just the Discord. And I was like, hi, like, how do I, how do I join the DAO? And they were like, you're in it, in the Discord. And I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, like I I can't. So real quick, I just want to, I just want to share that there is a bird on my tree outside that I think is a pure blue jay. It's very pretty, and you just don't see those often. Oh, wow. So just maybe a little, this a is like a sign for you. <laughs> what? Well, this is a sign, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, the bluebird likes my tree. It's very pretty when it comes by. Okay, so there's a Discord. There's is a, that an app? <laughs> like, it's a platform. It's, it's a like platform. Slack. It's like Slack. So basically, how I am involved in Boys Club, I follow you guys on the Instagram, on the Twitter, and I am in the Discord. But... What is the product? What is the mission? What are the things that are being produced out of the DAO? So when people ask us what Boys Club is, 
if you guys listen to the podcast listeners here, we every week, Dina and I redefine what boys club is because it is a movable feast that is continuing to evolve every, every day. But what we really, what's feeling good right now and feeling really accurate is like, we're a social DAO, a product studio and a media company. So the social DAO aspect is sort of what we were talking about. This idea that like you as an individual can apply, you can get accepted and then you're, you can contribute and be a part of the governance structure of boys club and work for a future allocation of governance tokens. That's like the nucleus. But then there's like a community that is not necessarily a part of the DAO, but a part of sort of this like social connection that we have where we run events, we do all sorts of sort of in-person stuff. We're really big on in-person stuff that is like learning about Web3 and interesting things that are happening in the space, learning about how crypto relates to other verticals. And that's like one aspect of how you can be a part of the community is really engaging in those in-person networking and learning and partying together, basically, which feels like a core premise of what Boys Club is, is this like deeply social experience. Like nobody in Boys Club really wants to sit on their Discord all day long and talk to each other. Like we like that because we're friends and we want to chat all day long, but like we love hanging out in person and we're really big on in-person activities. Which I feel like you don't hear a lot of when it comes to Web3. And I think that's also like a concern and and a fear of definitely Scout and myself of like, when you hear Web3, when you hear the metaverse, you're like, oh, so people are never going to leave their apartments. They're never going to see each other. Whereas what you're saying is that, no, it's actually even more social. Like we're actually seeing yeah. each other in real life, but the bones and the structure of how we organize is web three based exactly yeah like we really see web three and what got me into it last summer is like wow there's a there's an enabling technology here that drives more meaningful human connection that drives collaboration and like work together in a way that is so much more interesting than what's happening in web two so i have no interest in hanging out in the metaverse in like an online cafe zero i do not want to do that and you don't like, want to be in Sims? You don't I do be not want to be in Sims. Okay. I'm not a gamer. Like I want to be in this space and to build really interesting products in this space because I think in the end, it's a better way to connect with people in real life and build interesting things together. And that's what it's about for me. So then the two other elements are like all this media stuff that we're doing with our newsletter and we're working on a, a, a print zine. We have a podcast and that's like, to talk about this stuff and to build our audience and to do it in a way that feels really authentic to us, which feels like there's not a lot out there that like talks about pop culture and skincare and all these other things in relation to web three and reaches a certain type of person and makes them feel seen and known and feel like they can come into this space and do something interesting. And then the third component is a product studio. So we're building products and launching them. And there's like a whole sort of economic model to all of this, but that's sort of the idea. Yeah. How do you make money bluntly? Great question. I, I want to get Excellent. to that, but I do think Natasha was missing something, which was, I think the value. So you're saying sort of like, I, I'm in discord, I'm in boys club, but like, I don't really know how, like where and how it, that is and what that is. I think for a lot of people, there's something in recruiting and like finding gigs and networking around sort of different professional opportunities. So that's been a big, like, honestly, it was a very surprising thing. We didn't anticipate that when we were setting up Boys Club, but like a ton of people have found better, more high paying jobs as a result of like them sort of being like, okay, I'm going to like explore Web3 and like maybe like 
and then they get into the discord and they've been there for a couple of weeks and they're learning or whatever. And then someone's like, Hey, there's a job at Uniswap labs. That's like entry level, whatever, like no web three experience. And then all of a sudden they're working web three and that's happened a lot. Um, so I think that that's, but what's the, yeah. what's the difference? I probably totally derailed this episode. Mads probably had a whole other idea for this. What's the difference between a community that's on Slack and they love each other and they're niched in something and the boys club community that's on Discord, the, the web three part of you guys is the way that the business is set up with the DAO. Is that, is that what makes it web three specifically and like structurally? But the community is operating like a web two community, right? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just the governance, the governance, you know, we have to go back to that word. It's yeah, like, yeah, instead it's, of, instead yeah. of me being the like host of my community, the on, camber girl, the camber you know? girl yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Geneva, it's like, there's a, okay. there's a okay. structure that, that I understand. Okay. So money, I'm so glad you brought up money. Cause it's something that we think about all the time. So um, <laughs> it's great to just like, let's talk about it. Um, so it's funny because people are, are like, Oh, like let's start it out and start it out. And then they're like that it will magically like there's a weird perception around like DAOs and like not approaching them as businesses. And that's something that Natasha and I have been like really not trying to not do every chance possible. It's like, how do we no, this is a this is a business that's just organized in this DAO structure. And so for us, we're like really, really hyper focused on trying to figure out what that revenue model is. Now I think that like for us, I'll just like totally lay it out where the revenue comes from. By the way, it's on chain. So you could like go to our, you could see our treasury um, right now if you wanted to. Oh, it's all right. totally trans- So that's totally also trans- something else about yeah, Web3. Very like everything yeah. is transparent in terms yeah. of what you're paying. Okay, I'm getting. Our treasury was funded initially through an NFT sale. So in May of last year, we sold. What's a treasury? Bank the account. bank account. The bank but account. But on chain. So Blockchain. like. So yeah, like our ETH wallet, basically. Our shared Ethereum wallet. Okay, keep going. I'm yeah. gonna, I'll Google that later. <laughs> keep going. But like, it's just, our, it's just our, our, bank, our corporate bank account, basically. Okay. Ethereum yeah. is a type of cryptocurrency. Okay. So I, I want to make sure you're tracking, Scott. I don't want to leave you behind. This is amazing. And by the way, this is so great. I'm thinking because everyone in the audience is asking these questions, oh, by the way. Oh, no <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I want to leave space for it. Like if, I, if we're talking yeah. over it, like just let me know because... I, I haven't understood crypto yet. The only thing I know about it is that there was a month where my husband <laughs> was doing Dogecoin like I can't even tell you. And then we saw Elon all. Musk at SNL. Who, who amongst us was not? <laughs> and then he, he lost the, the Doge. And I, I didn't know what it was. I just know I just knew that my husband was waking up at odd hours yeah, yeah, to yeah. figure out the Doge. <laughs> okay, keep going. That's the extent of her knowledge. So it's when you say treasury, that's that's Web3. It's the Web3 bank system. I'll, I'll our corporate, yeah. Basically, our corporate bank account was funded by a, a sale of a digital products, digital, digital products, digital assets. An NFT. And it was an NFT. Yes. So we did a, a yeah, 1,500 NFTs that we sold, sold out. And then that was basically 150 ETH in our shared treasury. The governance, how that money gets spent is decided on by the DAO. So that's mm-hmm. like when we're talking about governance and when we're talking about like what the stakes are for those decisions, the stakes are how the money gets, who who and, and how that money gets spent. If that, that's like the crispest yes. way to, 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 is it equal 40, 40 or do you two have more? Oh no, it's weighted. It's weighted based, based it's weighted. on, yeah. Based on basically okay. like level okay. of contribution. So okay. that was a primary funding was through that NFT sale. Now 
NFT sales happen once. There is some secondary stuff that comes through, like you get residuals basically on like when that's resold. And so there's there's some money that continues to come in from the NFT sale, but primarily for us, we didn't really design it for secondary sales. We designed it for like selling out in that one moment. So that was it. What did people get with the NFT? Yeah, so we did a sale, we called them Zaddies. And it was basically like an on-chain, like we were very vague about utility, but basically it was like a, it wasn't membership. So we don't really, at this point, want to gate boys club membership by having to buy an nft though for some communities that's great and that works well that's not what we chose to do it was basically like honestly we had a bunch of dudes in our dms being like how do we support boys club and we're like oh my god so you guys sold you guys sold 1500 just no zaddy nfts that wait I need that. I need someone to explain to me a zaddy. Is that is that the Gen Z word for a dilf? You can you go for it. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was the Gen Z word for a dilf. Is that is that incorrect? That's not completely off. A zaddy is more like, I mean, if you googled zaddy, it would be like a handsome older gentleman who like pays your bill, but is also like hot. Like that's sort of like what a zaddy is. Like so, you literally gave the zaddies to the zaddies. (laughs) Basically, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm dying. Please don't take that as a soundbite because everyone will get it. But like, we basically wanted to, like, uh, you know, you explain it, Natasha. <laughs> no, no, I mean, she's not wrong. Basically, like, we are, we were like, how do we, what do we want to do for an NFT sale? We don't want to be extractive to our community. A lot of communities would go to their community members and say, buy this to stay in this club which is totally fine for some people that totally makes sense for us. That was not right. Like we didn't feel right about that. We always want to be pouring value back into boys club. And we had these amazing people, lots of great people sliding into the DMS being like, we love what you're doing. We know this is important. The space has been all white dudes for years. And like people who are thinking about how we make this more attractive to a larger audience is actually really important. Are you guys raising money? Are you guys like, what's the plan? And we're like, well, if you guys want to like fund our treasury, buy an NFT. And lots of people wanted to do that. And we also made it as like, we're very clear that this is like not a util, like we don't know what the utility is. We're figuring it out. We're not going to pretend to tell you that this is what this NFT is going to get you, but we will prioritize our zaddies for all of the things that we're doing moving forward. And like, we really are, we really do have eyes for that. Like projects reach out to us all the time for like early mints, like early access, like things that are attractive and our first stop is our community and our zaddies and like we love them for yeah 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 so they are not though considered contributors they cannot be part of the governance okay no got it and that was unusual for for some folks like there's definitely like yeah there's definitely people who bought it and were like well how do i and i was like well yeah read the the fine print yeah you're like no you're a zaddy and that is it (laughs) the other thing is like access to our events which sell out truly in minutes and so Zaddies are like main characters who are our community members also got NFTs that were free. Um, and Zaddies are like prioritizing that. So there's like loose utility and that was very intentional. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that we get to the women aspect of this, right? Like boys club is, you know, you guys made it so that women can feel more involved, more comfortable with Web3. You guys are really the pioneers in bringing web women into Web3. 
what was like the impetus for you to be like, well, fuck, we got to get on this. We want to start this because we know that this is huge and women need to be involved. Um, so scout for years, Dina and I have been business partners and great friends. And Dina has been into web three since 2017. Wow. And she was like, you got to get in, you got to get in all this money is being made design. Like the design of the future of the internet is happening. Wealth is being distributed. And I was like, really cool for you. Not for me. Like, this is not for me. And like, just like, wasn't into it. And then last summer I started to like, my husband was like into Topshop all of a sudden. And like, my friends were talking about like social clubs that were like in web three. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why is this weird niche thing that Dina has been super into like <laughs> hitting all of like culture in this way that like feels very just different than how it has felt where before it was like very like decentralized finance and like stuff I wasn't into. And so Dina and I went on a, a business trip together. We went to Vegas and I was like, we were like transitioning one of the previous startup we were working on and trying to figure out like, okay, what's next? And I was like, okay, you've got, we were poolside in Vegas. This is not a lie. And I was like, you've got three hours to sell me. Like, let's go. You've been nonstop talking about this thing. Let's talk about it. And like spent three hours, like truly downloading me on like, this is what's happening in the space. This is what's possible with DAOs. This is like the underlying infrastructure for this contribution model. This is what like shared ownership can look like. This is how like creative projects can monetize. Like all of these things that I was like, oh my God, like it's an enabling technology. It's not that it's not just like different money on the internet. It's like, there's all this infrastructure that allows for a new way to coordinate as people. And it was just like a total eye-opening moment for me. And then the second eye-opening, like we went, look through discord. We're like on like crypto Twitter, like looking at all the stuff. Which is a very uh, esoteric place. It is very, it can get dark over there. It can get dark so fast. And it was just like, damn, the same cast of characters is like yep. benefiting, making decisions, deciding what the future is going to look like. And like, I was just, we were both just like, there's so many smart, capable women in our lives that are sitting on the sideline and what is happening here. Cause they don't get it or it doesn't speak to them, or it hasn't been talked about in a language that they can care about and understand. And just felt like an intense urgency to like figure that out in a way that was attractive to a certain type of woman and didn't leave you out of the conversation because it wasn't like about like the things that you care about. So I feel like this is my Vegas poolside download. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love to hear Great. that. Great. I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> that makes complete sense. And it, it reminds me even of, yeah, just even how women have been left out of traditional investing or finance and the way yes. that, you know, women are just been told like, Oh, you know, money's not for you. Like this is for the men. And so we were left behind for so many years. Whereas you guys saw that like, Oh my God, this is on the brink. Like we need to make sure women are, are have a presence from the very beginning because it can. Yeah. I mean, Scout and I also have had issues with web three because we were like, we haven't even been able to figure out mental health with web two. And now we're like totally. just moving on into web three and it's like, it's even more <laughs> digital. And it's like, well, wait, 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 yeah. let's like, how do we, you know, stop it a little just to kind of think about the ramifications on our mental health and our wellness before we run into this whole other, a whole other world of the internet. And that kind of seems like similar. It's like, okay, well let's actually do this intentionally and make sure everyone is involved instead of the same fucking players before, because it's going to look a lot like web two if we just, yeah 
take take the same yeah. you know people and the same people in charge of it you know it's so interesting to me though because what i'm getting from this is actually it's not so much about or at least maybe i'm just fixating on the dow part of the whole thing mm-hmm. versus like the just regular average consumer participant of web3 i haven't wrapped my head around that specifically but it just feels like a different way of doing business it's not necessarily like website or digital world because a DAO can be created for a business with a physical product, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily have a Web3 presence or a Web3 culture, right? Totally. I think that the business aspect, you're hearing that because that's what Natasha and I are interested in. And that's like sort of what we've centered. That's what we've centered our our sort of conversation around. Um, and especially uh-huh. a lot of people who are attracted in, in Boys Club, it's like a lot of that. Also, the the other side of it, which we haven't talked about at all, which is really funny, is like the crypto side of it. Like we haven't talked about like there's the trading and the price action and people coming in and out and making like that's actually really not present in Boys Club where you go to other discords, you go to other communities that are about Web3 or crypto communities. And like, it's a lot of trading talk. It's a lot of like charts and like Dogecoin this and like whatever that. And so I think that that's one thing that though it is, I suppose, related to money, it's not like make this investment. That's not at all sort of, and and also like- okay. There's different facets. There's many different arms. Totally different facets. Oh, totally different facets. It's a whole thing. And Scout, you should you should look into what Tyler Haney is doing. She was the founder of Outdoor Voices. Mm-hmm. She created a company called TYB. And basically what she does is for like normal CPG brands, physical products, she just tokenizes and gates them so that people can buy a token to become a loyal member of a brand, if you will. So it's like a new version of a loyalty program with these tokens is what she's doing. And that was the most like clear actual value that people could do today, at least in my eyes of like how to get involved, you know? Totally track with you on that. But the token has a, the token has a currency, right? It's the same currency for everywhere. No, there's several different crypto. Most people use Ethereum, right? But I mean like, like a business owner can't create their own token they currency. They can. They can. You could create yeah. the Scout token if you wanted to. Yeah. So like right now, I've been trying to see how people have uh, been using Web3 in the travel space. That's wh- where my company is. And uh, there was this DAO that has a like a travel token. It's like TRVL token. And look, it's very risky. Like if you think that co- it's kind of like investing in them. Like if you think that company will do well, then you buy their token and then you know, maybe in 20 years, that token mm-hmm. is is like a Yahoo, right? That's that's how I think about it. It's like not a lot of these tokens will probably fall off and die and like whatever, but there's going to be that one, that one that like takes off is kind of how that's I That's why they it. say it's like a little risky at times just because it's sure. so new. Very risky all the time, I'd say. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to understate like how the volatility uh, the volatility yes. certainly if you're if you're entering it from a financial perspective like yeah. lots of risks mm-hmm. really everywhere you go so i think like i don't want to overstep that especially with an audience that could be new i just like feel a lot of responsibility for like yeah. your listeners to, to know that like we're not saying it's safe and like it's yeah. very underdeveloped and like there's crazy things that like on the crypto side of things that there was a an entire collapse of a whole ecosystem billions of dollars like went away in a second um yeah 
yeah. a couple months you ago. You have to really know what you're doing when you're doing that. But what I love about about Boys Club and these types of facets of Web3 is that you can be involved at a more lower risk totally. or like a lower stakes. Yeah. When I first set up my wallet, I was so appalled that I had to put in like $300 to buy like 0.1 ETH or whatever it was. And I was like, wow, this doesn't feel very democratic. Like, I don't feel like this yeah. is something that's super accessible to a lot of people, even though it's been positioned and marketed as like this super accessible new way to do things where I'm like, wait, I don't, I'm, I'm positive that most people do not have 30, $300 just to like start to get into it. You know what I mean? It was very interesting to me. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So that was like really one of the, one of the driving factors of starting boys club was like that poolside conversation happened. And for me, I had the same experience of like, okay, I'm, I'm a believer in what's possible with web three, mm-hmm. but like, what do I do now? Like go buy some ETH on Coinbase. Like what's, what's yeah. the thing? Like, I'm not going to work like at the time I was like, I'm not going to just like go try to find a job in web three. Like, I don't understand like how I enter into mm-hmm. this, like the design phase of what's happening in this new space. And part of like the desire of boys club is like, how do you give people that entry point to get some like their feet wet in what's happening, like to learn about interesting products and different things like protocols that are launching to learn about different NFT projects that might be interesting to you, like to find other DAOs that you might want to contribute some of your time to find interesting, like opportunities to invest if that's what you're into, like, where is that access point for people? to really have a moment to like take their interests and like explore what's happening in web three. And to like, when you say like, what's boys club, I'm like, that's my hope for what people experience within boys club is like that they have this place to sort of like explore and figure out where they can get some skin in the game or have some input into what's happening without feeling like the only access point is a financial access point through setting up a wallet and putting some money in it. Like that's actually not what I'm excited about and not what I want for people who are like fresh to this space to hear what the opportunity is. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, Dina, I have to ask, where did you get your DeFi daddy sweatshirt? Oh, it's, voice like, it's a voice cover. That's it's what mar- we're it's well, our merch. Can we get some of What's that What's a DeFi daddy? DeFi is decentralized finance. Um, I don't know what that is, but I just know that it's DeFi. It's just a joke we have. <laughs> DeFi daddy is just a joke. It's not a thing. Well, DeFi it's daddy like a- is a joke, but DeFi is a real thing. DeFi is not. A, it's very yeah, serious. I was like, it's DeFi a is serious. a very real thing. Um, yeah. I feel like we should do a giveaway. How many times did Scout ask, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Take a I shot. I love it. I truly Take a shot love it more. Time. It's great. No, it's great. We're here for all the questions too. I love it. Okay. Let's ask our last question. We ask every woman that comes on OKSIS this question. If you could brag about one thing in your life and you cannot be humble. What would you brag about? Oh my gosh. This is going to be like kind of sappy. That's fine. But honestly, it's my relationship with Gina. Oh, I feel like, oh, now uh, the thing I was going to say. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to say what you were thinking though. You have you to. Have to. You have to. Oh, um, oh no, okay. I'm just really grateful. Like I, we both have done startups before we did them alone and then we've done them together. And I just, it's not lost on me how hard it is to do a startup and like, it's how hard it is to find people that you want to do really great work with and just feel really grateful that I have someone who I can call and like bitch. And also in that same like call, I'll be like, okay, so like we got to do X, Y, and Z and like, da, da, da. and like, that feels really, that feels like really special. And so anyway, really sappy. 
I love it. I don't want to say why now. It's say it. Uh, say you you have, have to. to. You have to. She's like, one time I won the hot dog eating contest at the age of 17. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's worse. It's worse. My Peloton workout history. I mean, hell yes. But here's hell why. Here's why. Yes. I just want to clarify why. I have two kids and two full time jobs. So, in light of that, being able to maintain what I'm doing at Peloton, I think I'm really, really good what I'm doing. Yeah, at that's what I'm doing at my contributions to, to Peloton, you know? Oh my God. I fucking love it. Oh. That's amazing. That's inspiring. We can all, we no, no matter how crazy life gets, yeah. we can still we can get on the find bike. the moments <laughs> that, that for us, for yeah, us. Yeah, no, that is, that's mostly what it is. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. making it sound, sound more wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, well, we might have to have you on for a part two next year. Would love that. Would love. I have more questions. I'll do some more research and come to the table. Honestly, jump into Boys Club. There's a channel called No Dumb Questions. So love that. Do I have to download? I have to download Discord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You you have have to to download it. You gotta get the web app. Just another app. No worries. I can. I can deal with it. I can do it. I'm gonna do it. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, you two are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, guys. This was so this fun. This was so fun. Will you let everyone know where they can find you and join Boys Club and the events and the Discord and the Treasury and on the Dow? The Dow. The <laughs> where, tre- where the Treasury is specifically. Yeah. You can find us at boysclub.vip. That is our website. Uh, you can apply to the Discord there. We're also on Twitter at Boys Club Crypto and Instagram, boysclub.eth, and our podcast, Boys Club wherever awesome. you find podcasts amazing <laughs> next time you guys are in la are you wait, you're both in new york now or where are you i'm in nashville natasha's in new york oh jealous oh. i love nashville okay next time you guys are in la and want to do a boys club meetup or event or something I love it. yeah i, love I will be Let's there make it happen. i will i will help amazing thank you sisters so much for listening and you can find us at okay sis podcast Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together 